Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Honey, it is Pride Month, and I am proud to be queer, to be non-binary, to be me. And you should be too. I mean, like, of you. Be, be proud of you. Oh my god, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my god, guys. Jake has a podcast. Jake has a podcast. Oh my god, Jake has a podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, You Guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, it is June, and that means it is Pride Month. Happy Pride to all of the queer, non-binary, trans people in my life, in your lives. I love you all. I am so honored to be part of this community. And while this is an incredible celebration, we also have got to remember that this is a fight. Pride is a protest. There are people who need our love and support. Black trans people are in danger and we have got to show up and fight for them. This Pride Month, I am donating to the National Black Trans Advocacy Coalition in order to fight for racial justice, global social change, and human rights. And you can too by visiting blacktrans.org. Happy Pride. Hug your queer friends. And you guys, with that, we gotta dive right into this week's Broadway World Recap because mama... Nothing says gay rights like Kelly Clarkson writing a Broadway musical. She announced a little while ago that she was going to move her show from Los Angeles to New York, the Kelly Clarkson show, but nobody really knew like what the tea was or why she would be doing that. But there were a few, you know, queers who were speculating that she had something to do with a new Broadway musical. And yes, it is confirmed. Ms. Clarkson, our very own American Idol, is writing a Broadway musical. I cannot fucking wait. It was also just announced that funny girls Julie Banco is joining the cast of Barry Manilow's new Broadway show, Harmony. We had seen a few sneak peeks at the cast and creatives during their workshop last year, but this is our first confirmation of Julie actually being in the Broadway cast of Barry Manilow's new show, Harmony, post her run as the alternate Fanny Bryce in Broadway's Funny Girl. I truly have no idea what to expect from this show, but if Julie is any indication, it's going to be fabulous. And speaking of fabulous, next we have to talk about the live capture of Waitress being screened in Times Square. You guys, the Tribeca Film Festival is taking place June 7th through 18th, and they are featuring the Waitress filmed capture in Times Square for free. 
I think this is an absolutely brilliant marketing idea for Waitress, and I also just think it's really special that people are going to have access to this. So, to get in on the action, visit broadwayworld.com for all the details. And lastly, you guys, it was just announced that Sweeney Todd will be embarking on a national tour in 2025, and when I tell you I had better be the beggar woman, Ruthie Ann Miles, I love you, but it is my turn. You guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh my pod, you guys. I am so excited to welcome my next guest to the show. She has performed on Broadway, on the West End, off-Broadway, national tours, probably in her shower and living room. It's Hannah Shankman! <laughs> oh my god, thank Welcome! You oh my god, thank you for being here. How are you? I'm great. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. So excited. Tell me, where are you calling from? My apartment in New York City. Oh my God. <laughs> we might just be neighbors. You never know. Oh my God. Are we? Let's not tell everyone where we live. Yeah. Let's find out later. <laughs> Do you just so happen to be next to your little dog? Yeah, I have my dog here. He's gonna he's gonna do my interview for me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. He said, "Oh my paw, do you guys stop? I cannot. I'm gonna my kill paw. myself." Um, wait. So tell me, how long have you lived in New York? Well, I was born here. <gasps> wow, I'm an alien. I know. Homegrown. <laughs> Homegrown. I was born, well, I mean, technically, I was born in Syracuse because my dad was doing a play up at Syracuse Stage, but we lived in Manhattan. I know. My parents are actors. You said so bad for me. Arts, mama. Arts, mama. I want to do what you guys do. They were like, oh, God. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> what have we done to um, you? Literally. But so I lived in the West Village for a little while, and then I lived in Westchester um, in Chappaqua. Ever heard of it? Where the Clintons Ooh. live? Oh. And then um and then I went to college and then I moved here like immediately after college. So I've been here for five million years. <laughs> Amazing. And you um are an alum of one Michigan University of Michigan. Go blue. We gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about it because it is that good good blue name, baby boo. I know, but I wasn't a musical theater major. Tell me what you did. So this is for all those people out there who get rejected from programs. I got rejected from every musical theater program that I applied to. Work. Yeah, it was really good for me. I definitely <laughs> needed all that rejection as like an 18-year-old. <laughs> oh my God, it was awful. But I, so I got rejected from everywhere, but I got into Michigan for like academics so mm -hmm. I went to Michigan and was like, wait a minute, I love it here. This is super fun. I didn't realize what like a Big Ten school was when I even like went and I loved it. So I ended up studying art history and then doing a double major. I transferred into the BFA acting program. So I was a straight acting major, very fancy, Work. and a art history major. Wow. And it's so funny too that like... <laughs> you were like, yeah, I'll just be a straight acting major. And then you're like, I will now play Elphaba. They were like, you can only do musicals now. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> Work. Oh my God. So, so tell me about um, art history. Was that something that you had planned on or was that like? You know, I'd always loved Renaissance art, which 
now that I've been an art history major, I'm like, that is so lame. Sorry if anyone loves Renaissance art. No. But, um, I was like, this is so boring. Blue is royal and this is that. And it's like this formula. And then I started like really looking into modern art and I loved it. And I kind of like stumbled upon it by chance and just like stuck with it. And I'm really glad I did because I actually left my, my junior year to go do the rent tour. And the only reason I was ever able to graduate was while I was doing hair the musical on Broadway, I was like a quote unquote transfer student at NYU and was able to finish my degree while I was doing hair at night. Wow. That's insane. It was insane, but it was like the best thing that ever happened to me because it was the only reason I was able to graduate was because of my double major. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So then was that your Broadway debut hair? Hair was my Broadway debut. Wow. What a time. Was that with Ms. Diane Paulus? Yes, it was. Wow. Yes, it was. <laughs> so did you um, replace someone or did you rehearse the whole show? No. So I came in a little late. So I went in for the original transfer to Broadway. I was actually doing a production of Hair in New Jersey at a carousel house with Marty Cummings. Yes, Marty, Tim, friend of the I pod. Him. I love him. <laughs> and we were doing it while they were doing it in the park at Shakespeare in the Park. And we had like friends were in each production. So we would like drive back after our Sunday show and hang out with their cast. And it was like very adorable. And so I went in for the Broadway transfer. I did not get it. And then like right before the Tony Awards, they wanted to hire a vacation swing. Um, And I went in for the vacation swing position and I got it while I was doing um, the non-EC program at Williamstown. Uh And I like had to leave the program and come back and start like the next day. And it was only supposed to be like six weeks. And I was supposed to cover Jackie Burns's vacation. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And then I like, uh, they ended up keeping me on for the, they were like, never mind. We want you to sign and stay on as a swing. And I stayed on. And then I ended up going to London with them and taking over Jackie's track in London. And it was like, it was the best gift ever. It was such a good wow. group of people and such an amazing piece. I had so much fun. I mean, talk about just the freedom to to play. Like your Broadway debut oh. and then going to London, but you're doing this like ridiculous, insane <laughs> 70s show. That's so oh, cool. God. It was so cool. I loved that show so much. And the people were so amazing. And everyone in that show was so authentically them in the piece that it was like, it was just, it, it was so special. Work. It was amazing. What did you yeah. feel about the nudity? You know, I was so young. I was like, I look great. Let's do this. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. Here no, is mean, my was, tits. Literally. It was, it was scary the first, like, few times. You're like, adrenaline spikes, right? So you're yeah. like, oh my God, here it comes. It's happening. I was in a track where so on Broadway because I covered different people like mm-hmm. some people didn't get naked in the show but when I went on they were like if you want to you can so if you don't want to you can go off stage and if you want to you can stay on stage it doesn't matter like it's a personal choice you don't have to do what every track you cover does cool um so it was nice and I made the decision that I wanted to do it and honestly like it felt very liberating and it felt like we were doing it in solidarity for sort of like a political statement and it was really it's really powerful in the piece and I, I wouldn't have changed. I'm really glad. Love it. So yeah, tell a million me then... people have seen me naked. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> me too, but for other reasons. Um, <laughs> so tell me then about the difference from um, performing in New York versus performing that show in London. What was that like yeah. to do it on the West end? 
Well, you know, I think like when they told us they were taking all of us to the West End, I don't think we really realized, well, I didn't realize, I should say, how lucky we were because that like never happens. Yeah. They take an entire company. I mean, what a incredible opportunity. And so, I mean, New York was, you know, it's such an American piece. It's all about, you know, the Vietnam War and it's, it's very deep rooted American history. So when we went to London, it was like, you know, we're doing this American musical in London, but the audiences loved it. Yeah. I mean, they were so into it. And I mean, the theater itself was so cool and the culture is so different there that it was just so fun to like do our show and experience what it's like to work in London. And, mm-hmm. and to, I mean, we like traveled on our days off to, you know, Brussels or Ireland or Scotland. It was so cool. We had no idea. And I have this like beautiful little flat in um, Southampton that was like all to myself. And I mean, it was, it was incredible. I just had so much fun living there. And then to be telling that incredible story on top of that, it was such a gift. Such wow. A gift. That's so cool. So how long yeah. were you there before you came back to the States? We were all there for six months. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then they just said, it's like limited engagement. We're running for six months. So they were bringing the American company for six months. And then I think their plan was to potentially extend, but to replace us all with British people. And instead they just decided to end it and send the American company home. So it was like a limited six month engagement. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. I I really would love to, to get to jump across the pond and try my hand on the West end. I think it would be so, it's such a great learning experience. And, you know, just, I mean, obviously, you know, everyone speaks English and everything, but like culturally it's just different. It's, it's like a different vibe. So yeah. I mean, I've been trying for years to go back. If anybody wants to hire me, I'm willing <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so then how long was it between um, hair for you and when you started? Was it Les Mis? Was the next show that yeah, you did? It was Les Mis. So I got home from London in like September and I booked a production of Rent at Syracuse Stage, which was so fun because that's where oh, I was born. Yeah. And I like yeah, I got to work at the same theater my dad worked at, and that was really cool. How special. Um, oh, so special. And then I booked Les Mis the next summer. That, that like, coming summer, I did Tommy at the Berkshire Theater Group, and Work. I got a callback for the Les Mis tour. And so cool. But my friend Brianna, who was in hair with me, was leaving, and she gave them my name. She was like, this girl would be great. Like, blessing. I'm so grateful for her. And, um... I went in and I, I am crazy. Like who doesn't know they miss? And I went to that audition. Um, oh no, I was doing spring awakening. Wasn't I, I was doing spring awakening. I'm completely lying. Um, <laughs> time, well, what is time? I believe you. You're uh, a great actor. Great. So after I did rent, I went and did, um, a production of spring awakening. That's what it was. And I like had to leave the second day of rehearsal for my final callback and was like, Oh, uh, guys, I got to go to this final callback. Um, and uh, this was after I had done Tommy. And I went and did the epic stuff in the room. Uh-huh. And they were like, can you sing I Dreamed a Dream? And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know that song. <laughs> and they looked at me like I had 10 heads. <laughs> they were, I was like, can I just have like 15 minutes in the in the hall just to like look at it? And they were like, sure. Um, okay. I was like, great. So I went in the hallway and learned I Dreamed a Dream. I mean, I had, like, heard it before, but I didn't, like, know it. Right. Um, and I went back in and I sang it. I was on my way to rehearsal the next day in Jersey for this production of Spring Awakening. 
and I got the phone call that I was going to come and I was like, this is so bad. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I went out and joined the Les Mis store and then that went to uh, Broadway, but I didn't go with the Broadway company. I was doing sideshow at the time. Wow. Just a little yeah. known, a, a little ditty. Oh, Who knows sideshow? You were the freaking tattooed lady. I know. What's crazy is when I went in, I, they didn't, so they like reworked a lot of the revival. Right. And, um, I actually ran into Bill Russell like two nights ago and we were like chatting, but he came up to me the first day of, um, the, like we did a read through before we started at La Jolla and I had been going in for like potentially this track called the snake charmer. Hmm. And they had asked me, like, are you okay to handle a live snake? Like, I was like, I, I guess. Work. <laughs> no. I was like, I'm going to be Britney Spears. Watch <laughs> out for me. Um, oh, my but, God. The things that we fucking say yes to just to have the opportunity to go on stage. I'm like, sure. Yeah, I can handle a 12-foot a snake. Yeah. In the back of my brain, I'm like, I'm, I'm peeing in my face. But um, <laughs> fine. And we went to that read through and I remember Bill Russell came up to me and he was like, Hey, listen, so I know you went in for this track, but like, we're thinking of reworking this and we're just thinking about logistics. And I think we're going to make you the tattooed lady. And I was like, that sounds epic. I'm down for that. And we ended up basing the character on this, like, I actually have the poster in my house of this like poster of the tattooed lady from like 1909 or something like that. Um, and I got to like get that custom bodysuit with all the painted tattoos and stuff. And I had decals all over my chest and my back. I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. That is so cool. I mean, what a shift from, from Les Mis to... Les Mis. <laughs> like <laughs> naked on stage again in a leather bikini with tattoos everywhere. <laughs> yes. Incredible. So wait, when you were in Les Mis, you were... Were you an on-stage ensemble member that covered people? Yeah. So I was on... I was... <laughs> I was the bloody whore. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. I know her well. <laughs> Obviously, we love we love a bloody whore. Mm -hmm. And then I was the Eponine cover. And then when Sideshow closed on Broadway, I moved to the Broadway company of Les Mis, and I covered Fontaine and Eponine. Okay, so you had the opportunity to go on for Eponine and for Fontaine multiple yeah. times. Yeah, it was wow. Really cool. what, what an incredible... I mean, it's so silly, you know, when you, like obviously are aware of a show as big as lame is, but you don't really, you're not super yeah. familiar or like well-versed. And then you're like, well, now I know everything. I could literally go on for any, <laughs> any woman in this fucking so show. Crazy. It's so crazy. What's, what's it like to, um, to step into sort of like an already existing, already running show versus, um, yeah. taking on something like sideshow where you are like from the baseline, from the ground up, like originating this character and like putting your yeah. initial stamp on it. Well, I think with sideshow, like part of the luxury was that was we were working with the original creative team. So it really did feel like we were building it ourselves. You know, we cut songs, added songs. We talked about things. I mean, Bill Condon was such an incredible leader for our show mm -hmm. and, he basically, we had to do like character presentations for our freaks because he wanted us to know like who we were friends with. How did we get here? What are our feelings about being here? You know, and because some people are freaks by choice, like me, and some people are are not. Yeah. In the, you know, in the fabric of the play, like some people were, um, you know, uh, made to be freaks by mm -hmm. society. Right. So that was really interesting. And, you know, like working with Bill and working with Henry, like learning new music. And 
it takes if there's so much more time involved in that like we had a rehearsal process that was maybe like i want to say like six weeks at la jolla which was luxurious yeah yeah Yeah. and then when we went to dc it was a little shorter and we went to broadway it was still even like a little shorter but you know we had also just done the show two weeks two months earlier um but you know you get to really put your stamp on a character like my my tattooed lady's name was Anya she was from Russia she you know she was a pickpocket that was part of like my thing me and the and the pin cushion guy were really good friends and so like Bill added in this thing where I actually pickpocketed Ryan Silverman's character at the, uh-huh. of the show like things like that and it really helped us you know find our our dynamic as a group which was yeah. really cool and wow. we actually did that with hair too. We did character presentations for our tracks and like how we had gotten to be part of the tribe, stuff like that. Um, but then in a show like Les Mis, where you know there's a, there's already the production's already going and you're just kind of slotting in. I had two weeks of rehearsals to learn my ensemble track, and then I think I learned Eponine in two weeks as well. And then on Broadway, it was the same. I well, it was actually quicker when I when I joined them. It was like a week to learn my ensemble track, I think. And then um, I learned Eponine and then I learned Fontaine. Uh, yeah, it was quick, very quick. Wow. Yeah. That is so wild. So you got to sort of like jump back and forth from, from those shows. Um, but I would love to hear also about your experience doing such a long run in Wicked on Broadway. I That's how I very first got to know you was because through our dear friend, Leslie Blake Walker, friend of the pod. Um, she was like, my friend Hannah is in Wicked and we want to go and see it. Like maybe we'll get to say hi to her after. And then you so graciously took two little juniors in college Backstage at the Gershwin, we got to do the Alphaba run off stage left, down <laughs> under the stage, and yes. up to the ladder. Oh it was like truly, Hannah, that was like one of the most special, wild experiences of my life. And that was, you know, I had never walked on a Broadway stage before. So to, to have it be the Gershwin, I was like, this, this is porn. This is oh theater God. porn. But I'm what so was glad. it? I- it's like so cool too. Cause I think wicked is one of those shows that like people, you know, it like inspired so many of us to go into this business. Yes. A hundred percent. To be able to take people who want to do this backstage is also so much fun at a show like that because mm-hmm. you know, it meant a lot to me going backstage at that show the first time I ever did. And like the first time I tried on my act to Elphaba dress, I remember being like, what is my life? <laughs> yes. So what yeah. was your, what was the road to wicked for you? Like, my road was really fast. I'm not going to lie to you. I um, I was in Les Mis at the time, and I got called in to be to come in for the Alphabet cover. I had been in, I'd never been in before. This was in like April. I had always wanted to go in. Um, I went in in April and was like, great, cool. I have a job. I don't need to worry about this. I went in. I didn't hear anything. Then I think in like, July or June, I think it maybe was July, I got called back in for a callback. They were like, hey, can you come in and do the Alphabet stuff? And can you also do the Nessa Road stuff? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, sure. Great. Um, I did all the material and they were like, great, can you come back and dance? Well, I, I did all the material and then I actually had to go to Boston for a funeral. I remember this. 
and they were like, can you come back and dance on Thursday? And I was like, no, I... <laughs> no. And they were like, why not? And I was like, I'm at a funeral in Boston. Like I can't come back. I wouldn't be able to come until Saturday or Monday. And they're like, great. How about Monday? And I was like, okay. Work. And it ended up just being me and one other, one other girl. And I think that's why they had the flexibility around it. Um, and we did like partnering, which was mm, terrifying. <laughs> like never partnered before. I was like, nah, whatever. I'm not going to get this. This is like, they're like, can you do this lift? I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll sing Alphabet and then I'll do this lift. Sure. Why not? Sure. Like, literally. Um, and like two days later, I got the call that I got it. And I was like, oh. But <laughs> so we went in like three times. But you weren't the the Alpha Bus standby. You ha- were in the no. ensemble and covered. Yeah. So I was in the ensemble and I covered Nessa and Alpha Bus. Wow, that is yeah. incredible. I mean, talk about range, girl. Come on, you were you were dancing. Oh, I know I was dancing. I'm dancing <laughs> in the commercial too. That's out. I'm always like, oh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. What is that like to be able to like, you're like scrolling through Twitter or something and there's like an ad for Wicked and you're like, well, there's my little pink beret. Oh my God. Literally. I'm like, I, they do like a, it's so random. The whole commercial is like flashes of like, you know, Alpha Bun Glinda and Alpha Bun Glinda and like ensemble dancing. And then there's a close up of me in my mob costume being like, <gasps> in defined gravity. And I'm like, why me? <laughs> Work. So, um, when you rehearsed for that show, did they rehearse you for Elphaba, Nessa, and your ensemble track? Or so they taught me my ensemble track first. Wicked has the luxury of they actually have a rehearsal studio in the building. Yes. So they have it like all taped out and everything. So I had music first in the basement, and then I learned all the dancing upstairs with the dance captain at the time, Antoinette. She was incredible. I fully had a panic attack on my first day with the dancing. I was like, I should quit. I should just go back to Lima's. What am I doing here? I like no. I had a full blown meltdown. I came home. My poor husband now was like, you're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. I was like, I don't know about this. But so they taught me my whole ensemble track um, and put me in for my ensemble track. And then I learned Alphaba. And then I learned Nessa. I'm pretty sure. And I think I had like, three weeks for Alphaba and like two weeks for Nessa. Wow. I think I'm like, mm, that sounds about right. I yeah. Don't remember. Yeah. And then I was there <laughs> for like three years. Yes. And I, I mean, truly right. Hannah wicked is like, I mean, I know it is for every fucking theater gay, but like, it just, it is the, the top in my mind. Like, I just, I dream of doing that show. I want to do the you will ribbon twirl in the ensemble. Put me in, bitch. Listen, I think you should play Madame Marvel. It's the best track in the oh, damn show. Oh my God, what I would give to be Madame Marvel. You would be incredible. Oh my God, you're very kind. I would shit my pants, but I would also, the way that I would sashay around that stage in those mm. gowns, mama. I would but be wait, so. What was it like to get the call that you were going to do Elphaba for the first time? <laughs> um, I have this joke with my friends that like every time my stage manager called me, my hands would start shaking so hard that I'd drop my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every understudy's nightmare because you're like, every time I got a text message, I knew I was on for like Nessa or they were swinging me out. 
But every time I got a phone call, I knew it was because I was on for alphabet. Uh And it's like immediately stomach drop, run to the bathroom. Like I I was always so nervous and it was, I have to like be totally transparent. It was really hard to be the understudy because you don't go on a lot. Yeah. So like your nerves really do sometimes get the best of you. Um, I mean, like I went 14 months once without going on. Oh my word. Yeah. And you know, like I had never been, I had been an understudy in the past who had like gone on a lot. You know, I, I went on for Eponine a fair amount. Like, you know, I would, I went on on tour a lot. I, I went on a lot at hair. Like it was even when I was a swing, I mean, I even did, I mean, this is a whole nother sidetrack, but I went on for a track. I didn't cover it here and I was like totally fine. But Alphaba is, is a marathon. Of it, oh yeah. You know? And when it's not in your body, like, man, I remember I would get the call and it would be like, you know, you're amping up, you're amping up, you're amping up. You're getting so nervous. You do the thing. I like don't even remember going on the first time. I was so just like hyper-focused and my adrenaline was so high. And I remember the curtain coming down and I just started crying. I was like, I can't believe that happened. And then you just have such an adrenaline spike from doing it that I just sat in bed for like five hours. I couldn't go to sleep. I'm sure. I mean, it's it's one thing to even just get the call that you're going to, that you have been cast as Elphaba. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that like you have, you get settled in, you know your people, you know your traffic on stage and off in yeah. your ensemble track and you get that, you know, the, the adrenaline just from a usual performance in the show. But then yeah. like you're, you're watching someone else be you. Yeah. It's That's crazy. so insane. I, the only time it, it's insane. Like the only time I've ever, I guess technically like understudied, I was swinging and I covered 11 people. Oh. And let me tell you, I was like, there are the not nightmares enough... you must have had. Oh <laughs> my God. There, there are not enough colors of Sharpie in the world to make it work. Like I was like, yep. but wait, if I'm you and you are me and I'm over here and you are there, then who's over there? Like it, it, it's a mess. Also, wait, I know you. I usually sit next to you, but you're playing <laughs> someone else today. What's yeah, happening? Exactly. So how do you keep it in your body? Did you, did you have like brush up rehearsals? Did you just try to like keep it in your body for yourself? You know, it's really hard to keep that role in your body. I think. I think stamina wise. Yeah. I think unless you're doing it or you're standing by and you're going on fairly often, like it is very difficult to keep it in your body. I think, you know, I always say this, I say, I think the hardest track on Broadway is probably playing Alphaba. I think the second hardest track is being the understudy, not the standby because it's really hard to keep it in your body. And I think when you're not going on a lot, it, it comes down to you a lot. And I honestly didn't feel good about going on for that role until like the last time I went on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took me a while and it, and it, it even takes the alphabas and the understudies a while, I think, to feel good about going on and to feel like they have it in their muscles. You know, it, it takes a minute. It's right. really exhausting and you really have to understand how to like pace yourself. And I think once you get the nerves out of the way, it's a lot easier. But when you're only going on once or twice a year, you know, like it's your nerves get the best of you. So it's definitely difficult. It's challenging. I learned so much about what I was capable of and also like work I needed to do on myself and Mm -hmm. like about, you know, doing a role that huge because there aren't many, you know, that are that big. Well, and it's not even just like 
it's not just the physical show. It's not just the singing. It's not just, you know, knowing where you're supposed to be and knowing your lines. You're literally in the chair from half hour to top of Wizard and I. Like, you do not have your own shit, like your own vibe during that show. You get like maybe two minutes. Like, you're the race car and everyone else is maintaining you. Yeah. it's And I will say the one person I could never have done that without was the hair girl and the the dresser. I mean, they are, I like to say, the offstage alphabuzz. It is impossible to do that role without those two people, and they are the reason the show goes on every day. Green team, baby. Mm, green team, making it happen. Did you have Craig Jessup do your makeup? Yes, I love Craig. Oh, my Icon. God. Icon of the Broadway. Wow. So... And obviously we talked about it a little bit, but you also covered Nessa Rose and she has quite the second act, in my opinion. I think it's honestly my favorite, my favorite scene in the show is Governor's Mansion in act two when she, yeah, because Nessa just is so rich. Like she's just, she's just angry. I love it. So mad. Did you go on more for her than for Elphaba? I went on for Nessa a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, you know, that track is like deceptively hard because mm-hmm. the stage is raked and you're in a rolly chair. <laughs> yes, you are. So like you have to learn learn how to break. Also, like you're using intense arm strength and a lot of girls injure their necks. Mm. Um, you're also like looking up and you're singing. It's a lot. Yes. And yeah. it's, it's a tough track. People don't like, people are like, oh my God, you get to sit down the whole show. You're like, yeah, and fight the rake. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Um, but I loved going on for Nessa. I, I actually had so much fun going on for her because, you know, she's such an underrated character, I think, in the show. She really mm-hmm. fuels a lot of the issues in the show. Like, right. she fuels the tumultuous relationship between Elphaba and their father. She fuels, like, you know, Elphaba not having a safe space in Act 2. I mean, it's really interesting how integral she is to the plot and how her choices affect others mm-hmm. um and there was a point in which like we had a, a, a Nessa who was out for like two months while I was there and me and the other girl basically like split that time so I went on quite a lot quite mm-hmm. a lot yeah wow and it's I think it's such an interesting thing too that um I mean not to just get completely analytical about Wicked the Musical but I think <laughs> Nessa's example of um ableism around her versus yeah. Elphaba's literal green skin and how Elphaba's looked at as an outcast and Nessa is not. I think it's a really beautiful way to talk about ableism and and what you can yeah. visibly perceive about someone versus, you know, disabilities um, or different abilities that may not be visible. It's just really yeah. interesting. I agree with that. I think, I think the show tackles so many really important issues. Um, and I think it's just a really, really timeless piece. And I'm glad that, you know, so many young people have gotten to see it and have it inspire not only their theatrical careers, but like their morale, you know, their morale and just issues that we don't talk about enough as a society. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, you know, it's why it's coming on 20 years of being on Broadway. Can you believe it? The 20 year anniversary? Well, I want to ask you too, because I have a lot of friends who are not in the biz and they often ask me, why would you leave? Like when you have this job or you have a a contract, you know, like you're in this long running 
show. And I, I've learned more and more about this just being in and out of Chicago because there are people who come yeah. in for five weeks and leave. There are people who have been there for 20 years. So like it really yeah. like runs the gamut. But like, can you talk about maybe the decision process or like what it's like to say like, I'm, I'm choosing to end my time at this show? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I always say that it's golden handcuffs. Like it's great, mm. but you're tied down. Um, I just felt like my time was over. And if I'm being honest with you, I actually, I think I stayed a little too long for myself. Mm. Um, like I turned down a regional job or two because I was like, uh, I was getting married. I really wanted to like save money. You know, I mean, all the things we worry about as actors, but you know, my like creativity was spent. I was like, I'm really done. Like, you know, dancing through life and not doing much else. Like, uh, -huh. And I've always been someone who, like, not that I, uh, you know, don't enjoy what I'm doing, but I like to think ahead. It's probably like a blessing and a curse. You know, I like to think about, like, the next creative project. And I think as a young person, you know, this is your time to sort of, like, explore, do different things, do workshops, do out-of-town tryouts. Because, you know, once you have a family and stuff like that, it becomes harder. And I've watched a lot of my friends be like, I can't go do this out-of-town gig because I'm going to lose money if I go. Yeah. I take my kid out of school, you know? Like, yes. And I just, my husband and I got married. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'm done. I think it's time for me to say goodbye and, like, see what's next. I'm just excited mm -hmm. about whatever is next. And I think sometimes when you stay in a show for a really long time, I do this, I can com become complacent about it. And I just, it, I was like, oh, I'm ready to move on. I've like outstayed my mental welcome here and it's time for me to move forward. And so I just like took a leap and I put in my notice and like three days after I put in my notice, I got a regional job. And I was like, that is the universe. Like, wow. Yeah. And which show was that? I did Grease at Casa Manana. I played Rizzo, which was super oh, fun. So I've fun. always wanted to do that show. Hell yeah. 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 I mean, that's, it's just really cool to hear you talk about that because it is, um, it's a double-edged sword. This business is really fucking hard and you work and work and work yeah. to get the job. And then once you have the job, you're working and working to maintain it or to yeah. find what the next thing is. So it's really cool to, you know, to hear someone like you be like, yeah, I, I did it. It was wonderful. And I learned a lot. And now I don't need it anymore. I yeah, can Yeah, and move I also think, you know, it's scary when you leave a show like that. Like, you know, after I did Les Mis, I, I didn't book anything until Sideshow. And that was, like, I want to say 14, 13 months of mm -hmm. me, like, hustling and, like, working in retail and, you know, babysitting. And it, it happens. Like, you go dry stints. And it's really scary. But, like, you know you have to have faith in the fact that like, if you're putting in the work, if you're going to class, if you're working on your material, that the next job will come. It's just, when will it come? And it's so hard to like see that when you're in a great job too, because you're like, I've always wanted to be in Wicked. Why wouldn't I stay at Wicked? And it's like, well, you know, sometimes you just run your course with something and then you have to move on. Absolutely. I mean, also, even just doing the same thing every single day would yeah. be exhausting. So there are, Hundreds, if not thousands of girls who would kill to do my track. So why right. am I staying here? Taking mm -hmm. the track that I'm I'm really not, you know, I'm not uh, loving doing anymore. Mm -hmm. Someone else would come here and be so damn grateful to probably like make their Broadway debut or like cover a dream role. Like that's a big deal for somebody. And I don't believe in like tethering yourself to a show unless you have to for like, you know, 
financial reasons or your family, like those are different reasons. But yeah. I wasn't in that position and I had the luxury to be able to let go. And I, and mm-hmm. I took that opportunity. Love it. That's so cool. Yeah. And then, um, was it after Wicked that you joined the tour of a band's visit? Yeah. So I, I auditioned for band's visit before I went to go to Greece. I okay. went for, I went in for, I think Broadway replacements for Dina. Um, and at that point they hadn't like announced closing or anything like, yeah, you know, they were planning on replacing Katrina Lank. Um, I went in for that a couple of times and then about, I want to say like two weeks after my final callback or not final callback after my callback, they were like, Hey, would you do the standby on the tour? And you know, they just announced closing and I was like, Oh yeah, I, I would do that. Um, I hadn't toured since Les Mis. It had been a while. And they were like, great, she just needs to come in and she needs to roller skate. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize we were doing Xanadu. One second, let me literally brush off my skates. I, literally, I was like, oh, I have to know how to roller skate? Because I'd seen the show. I wanted to be in it so bad. I mean, like as a Jewish woman in this business, just like seeing that show was really special. Um, yes. And Katrina Lank was so incredible. And the story, mm-hmm. the, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but like everything about it just really spoke to me on such a, uh, like, uh, like to my DNA. Like I was like, I have to be in this. Yeah. So I went to Paragon Sports in Union Square, <laughs> ran on some roller skates and I skated around the basement a little. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I guess I could do this. And I went to my final callback and skated and then I sang all the Dina stuff. And then I got a call like, couple days later while I was working a shift at Equinox. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, we know her well. Everyone does. Um, mm-hmm. I got a, a call that I would be the standby on the tour. And we started rehearsals for that in May for the first national. And it was the best. I had the best time on Van's visit. Oh, my God. Wow. What a great group. Amazing. And and you ended up going on quite a few times. Yeah, I went on a lot. I went on for all four parts, which was super fun. And I was the the dance captain for that show. Oh, come on, dance captain. Hey, Get your little pay bump and tell people where to go. Literally. I'm like one of those people. I was also the assistant dance captain on hair. Yes. And I feel like it's because as like a swing, my brain works so well with like traffic patterns. and Yes, you know, reversing things. Where, yeah. And I think... It's been this weird blessing that served me really well where it's like, I'm not, I'm not, I would not consider myself a dancer. I'm like a strong mover, but in a show that doesn't have a ton of, you know, technical dancing, I really thrive with that. And I'm really good at like, you know, maintaining choreography and teaching. And I got to like put people into the show, which was super fun. And I went on a bunch and yeah, it was great. I had a really good time. That is so cool. And how special too, like you mentioned that, you know, your, your heritage and you yeah. being a Jewish woman, you could fully, fully, you know, spread your, your yeah. wings in that role and, and feel yeah. 100% and it was like That's so cool. It was only the second time I've ever played a Jewish character too. I, I did it with Leslie, our friend Leslie. I played Fanny and Funny Girl. I'm like, man, it's so fun when you get to like sink your teeth into one of those roles and you just feel so like at home in it. It's, a beautiful, beautiful, beshert feeling. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, I, of course, have seen illegal contraband footage of your fanny. And let oh. me tell you, it's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Nice. You're so damn good. Thank you. Of course. I had the best time doing that role. Oh, my God. What a role. What a beautiful role. 
probably the most fun I ever had playing any role. I mean, it's just, it's like, like you said, it's like in Elphaba. They don't make them like uh, that anymore. Yeah. And she, it, it's so cool too, because it's based on a real person. You're like, wow, this person broke down all these barriers and they made this musical about it. And now I get to tell her story. How incredible. Right. That is so cool. I would love to hear from you if there are people in your career who you have worked with, who you have been like starstruck by, or like, were there, was there ever an instance where you got the call that you were going to be joining a show and then you're like, oh my God, this person is in the show with me. Like I'm on stage with them. Yeah. Well, I will say the most starstruck I ever was, was, uh, when they did the Les Mis movie, they asked a bunch of us to sing with the with the movie cast at the Oscars. So oh. I to, yeah, I know, right? First of all, I got the call that I would be like singing at the Oscars, and I was like, "Huh, you are lying." <laughs> <laughs> um, it was so fun, but we got there, and I remember like Hugh Jackman went up to every single person the first day and introduced himself, shook their hand, thanked them for being there. I mean, the classiest act in the entire world. And I remember being like, I'm so starstruck. And also, what a kind human. What a humble, incredible, talented, magnificent example of someone in this business who is just a class act. You know what I mean? Love it. Yeah. And then I also, like, I I wouldn't say I was, like, starstruck. It's so funny that you bring this up because I've understudied Casey Levy twice. And also, she did the same track as me at Wicked. And I remember when I got hired to do um hair i was like man this girl is a freaking powerhouse like she's incredible and now she's such a sweet friend and i actually like was out to drinks with a friend last night and she like came up behind me and was like hey i was like oh my god i love you oh my god you're fucking casey levy (laughs) yeah and like i don't think of her that way at all it's just such a good good human and like a beautiful beautiful actor and a, and a mother and a friend. And like, she's just amazing. And I remember she like, she was so supportive of me as her understudy, which is so, you know, beautiful in this business when we can do that for each other. You know, she was so kind to me and I'll, I'll never forget that. And like, if I ever have an understudy, I would never treat them any different than Casey Levy treated me. Cause man, what a great example of a, of a person in this business who has, a heart of gold and also a voice of gold. <laughs> yeah, sincerely. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Casey Levy's a good one. She's amazing. I love her. She's the best. That's so cool. So do you have hopes or, or aspirations to do um, more Broadway or, or regional work? Like what would be your dream come true to do like a show? I mean, I would love to do a play. I would really love to do a play. Like I wanted to be in Leopold Stott so bad. I love oh, yes. that show. Oh, mm-hmm. um, I think I just want to like, I love originating stuff. I, I think that is like really the dream right now. Originating roles is, is so rewarding and it's so cool when they, you know, make music to fit your voice or you can really create a character that, that is important an important reflection of like things you believe in or stories you want to tell. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, right now it's, it's, it's such a great climate for new work and it's so fun to be a part of that. And I think that would be what I would be most excited about would be like new works, new musicals. And, and, and honestly, I would love to do a play. I would love to do a play. 
Hell yeah. Would you, yeah. is, is comedy your, your vibe or are you trying to do a drama? I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> I like both actually. Like I love being, I, I like playing Fanny Bryce, man, what a brilliant role. She's so funny the whole show, but it's because she's covering up this like deep insecurity and then you get to like break that wall down at the end of the show. Like the duality of her is so tangible and so raw. And that's really fun to do, to be able to do both in the same piece. What a blessing. Gorgeous. Yeah. Well, I have a list of rapid fire musical theater questions that I ask every guest. It's not, it's not trivia. So we love, we love a question, not a trivia. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There are no wrong answers. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. There are some wrong answers, but (laughs) you are going to love it. Shall we dive in? Let's dive. Here we go. Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber? Sondheim. Sweatpants or jeans? Jeans. Uh, Care to elaborate? I don't think I wore sweatpants until the pandemic. Well, that makes one of us. Do you have a favorite musical? Cabaret. Same! Oh my god, really? It's also like my dream role. I'm dying to play Sally Bowles. And I, the MC. And oh my together, god, let's do it we together. will take this world by storm. I love it. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you have a least favorite musical? No. Your tone seems very pointed. Well, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, do I have a least favorite musical? Like uh, nothing is coming to mind. I'm like, there are musicals that like, I don't love, but I don't like hate anything. Okay. Yes. Um, oh, you already asked this, or you already answered this question earlier. I was going to say, would you like to do a Broadway play? But we know the answer is yes. yes. Please. <laughs> Somebody hire. Um, are you a morning person or a night owl? Both. Oh, wow. You like to get up in the morning? You know, I've been doing it recently and I'm fucking loving it. But I, I need love- to do it. I ne- never in my life. I've been a night owl my entire life. And the last like two months I've been waking up at like, don't tell me, but like seven or 8 a.m. And man, what fun New York City is in the morning. Also, who oh my God, I know. Live here? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you like can live a full life yeah. before 11 a.m. Yeah. I wish I could. Do-, do you wake up naturally that early? No, I will say I was, <laughs> this is like so much information. I was sleep training because I had had all these early morning auditions and I was oh. like, I am not a morning person and I don't want to belt my butt off at like, I mean, this sounds late, but it's early for me, like 1130. Yeah. So, you know, I was having all these like 11, 1045, 1130, 12. And I was like, I'm just going to start waking up at like eight and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I did that for like a while. And honestly, it just sort of is stuck right now. And I, I'm kind of liking it. Fierce. Yeah. Are you a coffee person or a tea person? You're going to hate me both. I drink coffee every morning and I drink tea every night. Love it. Do you um, prefer golden age or contemporary? Contemporary. Work. What's the hardest show you've ever done? Wicked. That was easy. Yeah. Could you name all of the Broadway theaters you've performed in? The Hirschfeld, the Imperial, the Gershwin, and the St. James. 
gorgeous. What is your favorite costume you've ever worn? My favorite costume, the tattoo girl. Oh, yes. Yeah. I could have I answered that and myself. My like second place would be Alphabet's Act 2 costume. Oh my God, that custom gown. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And you can't even really see how you fucking stunning it is from the it's audience. Amazing. Like seeing it in person, it's wild. Yeah. Um. Oh, do you have any pets? <gasps> oh my God, I do. His butt is on my shoulder right now. Oh, <laughs> who's that baby? It's my dog, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. I want a dog so bad. Oh do God, you love having one. a dog? I, I love <laughs> having a dog. Oh my God. I've brought him on tour with me twice. That is the realest tea. I would absolutely do that in a heartbeat. I think if I, if I book a tour, that would be reason enough for me to get a dog. To have a reason to come back to the yeah. apartment or the hotel every single night. What kind of dog do you have want? Something to... I want a weenie dog and That's I want to name it Beanie the Weenie. weenie. <laughs> <laughs> I want one, but I want like a super teeny tiny one. Oh my God, so cute. Um, have you ever missed an entrance in a show? Um, oh, no, but <laughs> I did screw up an entrance in a show once. Oh my God, do tell. So, Les Miserables, ever heard of it? Um, I was on for <laughs> Eponine and she changes into like pants that look like her skirt for act two. And she runs on and Marius is like, hey, little boy, what's this I see? And I mm-hmm. fully walked out, not having changed into pants, wearing a skirt. And he just looked at me like, throwing up my line. I was like, I, I screwed up. I screwed up. I fucked up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's like, hey, little bitch, what's this I see? Literally, I was um, like, what's happening? <laughs> Do you have any pre-show rituals? Do I have any pre uh, I warm up. Um, I take three intentional breaths, um, and that's about it. I love that. When you go on for so many different tracks, I feel like you can't do the same thing every time, you know? Oh, of course. Well, I'm I'm rather, what's the word, superstitious when it comes to things before a show. I don't like to, like, use different makeup brushes when Ooh. I know that I, like, do my makeup the same way. Makeup oh. for me is so transformative, especially if I do Mary Sunshine, I want to do it the same way every time yeah so that sometimes if that gets messed up or like you know interrupted i'm like <laughs> yeah i have to be ready like dressed before the show starts that's a big oh, thing for me 100 yeah. i am not someone who can be like i'm not in the first number i'll just take my time getting dressed no absolutely not no 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 the orchestra is playing i am I'm fully ready. in costume yep. on the deck level yeah 100 percent. um and lastly what is one thing that you would tell younger Hannah? Oh, God. Uh, what is one thing I would tell younger me? It's not going to be what you think it is, and that's okay. Love that. So succinct. So beautifully said. Yeah. Nothing's ever <laughs> what you think it's going to be. and that's okay. No, never. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, can you tell the listeners where they can find you on socials? Yes, I am on Instagram, Hannah B, as in boy, Shank. Um, Hannah B, Shank. Hannah B, Shank. Um, and it's the same on TikTok. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yay.
Oh, you are such a treat. Thank you so much for being on the pod. It was such a pleasure being here. I'm so glad we got to do this. I know. What a gift. <laughs> you guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, you guys. Also, feel free to send me emails at ompug at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.